Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We can tell you over the course of the next uh, three days, here's what we got rolling on. Stu McDonald is in studio, and uh, he is with the Oilers Entertainment Group and is basically been the senior business guy for the club for the last 10-plus years, sort of at the level just below uh, Bob Nicholson's uh, as uh, the, the CEO. And uh, so Stu is in studio today. Uh, coming up uh, later this afternoon on Oilers Now, we will hear from Brad Lowry, the new head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. And I uh, will remind you, the second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. Digitex is trusted by Chorus and Global and 630 Ched. And with their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more, you can visit it at digitex.ca. And uh, tomorrow, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Horse Racing Alberta, with over 7,000 uh, Alberta men and women employed in the horse racing industry. We'll also have Ian Herbers on tomorrow's show. He is now the back as the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, where he went 119-19, and which was the exact same record as Nick Saban at Alabama going into last season. Last season, Nick Saban made $11 million. <laughs> kind of puts things in perspective. Um... Friday on uh, Oilers Now, we will hear, have Adam Scorgi, uh, who uh, worked with Don Metz and Grant Fuhr on a project called Making Coco. Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, in studio for an hour to talk about that experience. And we'll have a preview of the huge uh, week coming up for the Edmonton Eskimos as well as they take on the Calgary Stampeders. Now, you can uh, text us at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. I do have lots of text to get to here. Visit westlockford.com for their great selection. And then uh, I can tell you it's worth the drive to get your new ride. Uh, with Paul Olson and the gang out at Westlock Ford and a River Creek Resort and Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. Steve Earl and the Dukes coming up September 23rd. All right, so, uh, Stu, lots of response. And I'll be honest, it's about uh, 60-40, positive to negative. In other words, hey, frustrated, it's not cheap. Like, and most people say the same thing. It is pricey. But we love the team. We're just angry at the position that the team's in. Of course, there's areas to improve. Um, And people, I think, are being really fair uh, for the most part. Um, Patrick says, uh, Bob, instead of the Oilers Entertainment Group trying to squeeze every dollar out of fans, maybe they should find ways for the games to be more affordable for everybody, not uh, fair only for the rich. Uh, it's not fair that just the rich get to go to the games. Is it impossible uh, to, to go to a game for less than $200 with all expenses? Is that a crime? What would you respond to that? Um, Let me... Oh, sorry, Bob. Yeah. Um, that was me. I turned your... I, I think you, when I was in last year, we had the same conversation uh, on the topic on the entry-level price point um, for family, which is a, uh, you know certainly critical market for any team but ours as, as well here in Edmonton. 
but the reality is the market sets the prices for it. And I, and I used the Toronto Maple Leafs example because, um, you know, they're, they're, they're usually at the top of the of the pile and average ticket price for game. Not a surprise to anyone. Huge demand there. But there's always that thing, that comment out there is like, hey, if leaf prices were half the price, they may still make money, but more families can go. The reality is, if leaf prices were half the price, the same people would be going at half the price because it's a full building. And that's one of the challenges you get into. We're lucky in Canada, right? I mean, we love our NHL. We love hockey. We love our NHL hockey. The buildings are full. Short of expanding the buildings, um, you're you're dealing with a capacity audience. So the market does set that. So that, that's one piece on it. But the other is um, the secondary market um, and even, even the primary market teams releasing, as we talked about in variable pricing, that changes game to game. C- can you go um, all in? I'm again, not qualifying, but can you get four tickets to an Oilers game this year for under for 200, 200 bucks? bucks? Absolutely you can. You can? Yep. You're, you're, you may be buying that on the secondary market and you may be buying it for to your point of team playing on a Monday night that's less desirable. Sure. Um, but the market sets what those are. Conversely, Montreal or Toronto coming in, you're not going to get a ticket on the secondary market at what face value was, you know, in the summertime when they went on individual game sales. So, and, and that's not to dismiss the importance of trying to have a ticket product for everybody in the marketplace. We'd love to have as many fans in as broad a demographics as possible to continue to build Oilers hockey. But there is a reality of once the seats are sold, those people are there's a there's a list coming. I want to be in next, and not from a season seat waiting list standpoint. Just fans waiting. Hey, we we had eighteen thousand in that night. There was still a few on the sidelines that would have liked to have got to that game, and were willing to pay that price there. So that's which is how all sports are funded, right? It, it is. It really is. As that number goes up across the board in that sport, player salaries go up, and and on and on. It's they're all interconnected, uh, and so a couple of things for us. One is. The, one of the reasons we brought the Oil Kings to town, and that, that's not to say the Oil Kings are the Edmonton Oilers or National Hockey League Hockey, but one of the reasons we brought them to town was to make sure that in Rexall Place and now, as or more importantly, in Rogers Place, that families have a great opportunity to come out and have that opportunity to bring their family under $100 coming into that game uh, to see great elite hockey in one of the world's great arenas, and that's been really important to us. But there are games, if you're selective and you're, you're tenacious on your hunt for ticket prices during the course of the year on what's available on the secondary market, um, and it is all through the Oilers website, just, just head to tickets, you'll see uh, blue dots or primary seats that are available that we've released, and then secondary or fan-to-fan resale, all legit. Uh, it's the only place that you can buy a secondary market ticket and be guaranteed you're getting in the building. Uh, they're 100% guaranteed for entry, and th- that is the opportunity to get in and say, hey, if, if I'm looking to where, where is an alternative to get it? Uh, short of no one season seat holders and, and you know purchasing from them. All right. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the a season seat holder waiting list because uh, there's, some, there's some confusion out there. And, of course, the critics of the organization, oh, they don't have anybody waiting. And others are, I mean, I just got a, a text uh, from one of our clients for the show saying the waiting list is ridiculous. It's, you know, how many, first of all, how many people are actually, how does the waiting list work? How many people are on it? So we have, we have about 2,000 uh, fans on the waiting list today, you call it our season seat registry. Um, we launched it uh, a little over 10 years ago. Uh, we d- studied a lot of 
seat registries, waiting lists around the sports world in North America, and we models ours, ours after actually the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, lots of lots of waiting lists for teams that you kind of be a point of pride. We have 27,000 people on our waiting list. But what a lot of teams find out is when you need them, when you have tickets available for sale, they're there because, you know, hey, it costs me nothing to get on. I get a newsletter. I get access to preseason tickets, whatever it might be. Right. We talked to the Habs and they said... We charge them and we give them nothing. And I'm like, come on, uh, that's a little harsh. And they said, no, the whole point of this is you're, we, you should only be on this list if you're interested in purchasing season seats when they come available. And so if if you're not interested in purchasing, we it's not about the money. It's about we don't want you on the list if your situation's changed. And so we know if we do need a point where we have a number of seats available, that we've got a vibrant list. And it keeps it... Um, much Manageable. more relative for the customers who are on there. So it's so we we had um, bef- moving into Rogers Place. We were up around thirty five hundred on it, and yep. we moved about uh, somewhere between five six hundred over in the transition. Most of our seat and seat holders stayed with us coming over, uh, but last summer. Uh, summer of 2017, uh, we made a decision to kind of cleanse the list because we felt we had some people who were on and were willing, you know, just paying the money to be on annually, but not really invested if that ticket came up. So we we ran out, we pulled everyone off the list, had them reapply, maintained their priority ranking though, uh, and increased, it's it's a nominal amount, but it's $75 a year to be on this list that doesn't get credited anywhere. Uh, It's just your admin fee to be on the list. You do realize as you explain this that we're getting taxed, that sort of thing would drive some people. So you're, I mean. And then the whole point is, if you're looking for season seats, we want you to be on with a list of people who also want season seats. They aren't getting in your way of of bomb buyers. And so what happens each year, we move two, three, four hundred uh, accounts off that uh, that backfill the available season seats once we're done renewals. System works very well, and we probably add two, three, four hundred people to the registry at the tail end of the registry every year. So it's really, really been built uh, to make it as fair, fair, fair as possible for those who are on that want to purchase season seats this year or a couple years down the road. Stu McDonald joining us uh, from the Oilers organization with the business side, Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Uh, I just got a text, one word, beer. I, I think he's referring or she's referring. We're in favor of it. You, you're in favor of it? <laughs> Provided it's Molson in the in the building. Good point. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, it's, hey, uh, go anywhere in sports. Sort of the, you know, when it comes to pricing, tickets and beer. Um, and not a lot of places where those are going down. Uh, so it, actually, Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. There, there's, uh, and the Braves jumped on it this year. So it, that's an area everybody's watching in the industry, watching very carefully. Uh, we've met with them a couple of times. That's really? teams have. Yeah. Um, just to, to see. What was their rationale when you met with them? Um, it, it was, uh, they had the luxury going. Their, their owner went in and said, this is, uh, I'm willing to take a leap of faith uh it's clearly very fan friendly but i'm willing to take a leap of faith that we will do more in volume over time to have this return of a financial return to the team and make it a you know a a more affordable in atlanta um not knowing the prices there specifically but more affordable opportunity for people to go to their games um so it's been two years now there's i think probably every team 
in every North American league has spent time talking to them on how it's worked out. They're still with it. They're, the last time we chatted with them, I'll say, was during this past season, and jury's still out on long-term sustainability mm-hmm. of it for them. Uh, they certainly like it for the fan family, as I know no one's going to argue with that. Yeah. Um, but still, jury's out as to long-term. So there hasn't been a, you know, a, a huge volume of teams jumping on. There's a few others that have, uh, MLS and a couple other major league teams, uh, or parts of their menus. But it ultimately, it's it's part of that whole mix, right? It's there's there's a number, there's a, a price to put on for our purpose, NHL hockey in Canada. There's a number you need to get to yeah. to make that work, and part of that mix is food and beverage. Part of that mix is uh, ticket price. Part of it's your television rights agreements and radio rights agreements, that which you do that. as well, which yeah. you're part of as well, and uh, and that all comes into the play. And and without getting to a point where you're turning, you know, having people turn away from the product. I mean, that, right. that obviously is not in anyone's interest. In fairness, uh, just just to educate uh, listeners on this, and some of them might be bored by it, the fact of the matter is it's actually tougher to get Georgia Bulldog tickets than it is to get Atlanta Falcon tickets. Uh, you know, and it's it's that's just that market, and that's the power of southeastern conference football in the deep south. Um, and I would say, I mean, the Falcons were in the Super Bowl two years ago, yep. and uh, Calvin Ridley is going to uh, join Julio Jones as a. I mean, they're going to be an exciting team to watch again. It's very interesting. Arthur, is it Arthur Blank? Is yes. he? That's, yep. that's so you've met. That's interesting. You met with him. The and I think the other thing is it's a it's. A, from a perspective standpoint, um, hey, it's a, it's about my experience in my market, but it's interesting. We talk about, hey, we're going to Atlanta. I will say as many organizations have contacted OEG, Oilers Entertainment Group, over the last 24 months of, how did you build this building? How are you getting these amenities out for your fans? Uh, and, you know, providing the experience you are uh, with the price that you actually were able to achieve in building this facility. And so, you know, there, there's no one utopia out there. there. There's no place that, you know... Well, we have, a team that we, we have a team down south that would love to have Rogers Place. Yeah, you no know, question, right? And, and I think, you know... And, and the taxpayer did contribute a fair amount yeah. to the building as well. And as it turns out, the uh, CRL... Uh, is going to be paid back. One of the great, uh, for, it'll be a while, but it's going to prove to be one of the great case studies in sports funding, sports facility funding in North America's history. There's no question. I mean, we're, yeah. we're in we're in the middle of just a uh, a huge win for the city and the organization. All right. On that note, Stu, I mean, the economy in this province is uh, not what it has been at times. Uh, it's funny. I did an event down in Red Deer, that Battle of Alberta event, and we mm-hmm. talked a bit about the fact that we have a building in Edmonton. They don't have a building in Calgary, and I proposed a scenario that would get things jump-started, and uh, it, it was political in nature and well-received in Red Deer, but it might not be well-received by all our listeners here. Um, but the economy, I mean, how, how much does that play a factor uh, from an Oilers? I mean, you have this unbelievable fan base that's incredibly passionate, and they're, they, they care about the team, and they're angrier than hell when they lose it, and they, they stop fairly insignificant people in the organizations when they're out for dinners with their families sometimes to yell at them and, mm-hmm. and complain but you know what what is uh you know how how do you sort of ride the ups and is have there been is it less volatile in terms of the importance of the economy now than it was maybe 10 to 15 years ago uh, no, I'd, I'd say the importance is still there. Um, and I think, you know, we're in a market that, um, 
you know, and beating it to death. We're just so far fortunate to be in this market and the passion for Oilers that we know we have a lot of fans who look past the immediate economy because of their passion to be part of the long-term Oilers. You know, whether that's whether that's buying season seats or individual game tickets or merch, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen in every marketplace. And I, I was actually chatting with the, one of the execs at the Flames last week, and we are talking about the economy and, and uh, you know, asked where they saw it. And he says, man, we'd, we'd love to be northern Alberta right now. Like, that's... And I know we've had some ups and downs even in the last few months. You know, you can see some... Uh, some movement in it and and consumer confidence, um, but we've been fortunate enough that our fans have l- chosen to make Oilers hockey and the experience at Rogers Place one of their priorities on discretionary uh, income that they have, and that doesn't happen in every market for sure. All right, uh, we're going to do some quick hitters when we come back. Stu McDonald is here from the Oilers. He'll quickly update you on some changes in Rogers Place moving forward. This is Oilers now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We will get to those uh, changes. Uh, at one, we're going to push Brad Lauer back to about 145. He's the new head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. We've got Stu, Stu McDonald in from the Oilers here. Uh, lots of uh, this text comes in, Stu. Has the Oilers Entertainment Group looked at a or considered an app ordering uh, with payment for in-seat ordering in club sections as user-friendly improvements on the current in-house past the tablet process? Go for it. I have no idea what they're talking about here. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm going to try to make this very short, but it comes a long story quickly. One of the things we really had a high expectation of uh, coming to Roger's place that there would be um, in-seat food ordering throughout the building and uh, being delivered. And we, when we're doing the selection of our food and beverage partner, we interviewed really the five or six major North American food, sports food and beverage providers. And all of them had the same message for us, which is, yeah, yeah you, you really aren't going to be able to do that. And we're like, what do you mean? It's like, it doesn't work in hockey. And we're like, what are you talking about? It doesn't work in hockey. He says, well, you know your fans, but let us tell you our experience across North America. Baseball and football, no problem ordering and delivering into seats. So basketball, you know, not bad, but hockey... People don't like to eat in their seats. I'm like, well, okay, kind of see that. Said so they really don't like food being passed back and forth in front of them. Like, yeah, okay, uh, maybe. And they said, and the other is, you, no one will let you go up and down dur- in the aisle during play. Like, I totally agree. That's you know, certainly that's every Canadian market. Said, so now you have someone standing with trays of food at the top of the section for four or five minutes while plays going underway. Says, so, so what's happened is the markets they've tried it in, the fan feedback has been more negative and positive. We asked about then, what about express pickup, uh, which some teams have been testing. Again, baseball, football works really well, uh, NFL and MLB. But one of the challenges they said is hockey fans are smart enough to know to place their order one minute before the period ends and everybody goes out at the same time. And the trouble teams that have done it have had trouble managing the volume of fans who are coming okay. in there. So it's like, okay, good point. I will say we continue to work on it. Um, the Rogers Place app, we continue to add food elements to it, not just the menus and locations, but try to add more and more enhancements. But we don't want to launch something if the, if the market research says you're probably going to have some challenges. We want it to be a great experience for people from day one. But but those elements are continuing to be on the table. Okay. 
This text comes in saying, eliminating the printing of tickets is an unnecessary inconvenience to ticket holders. You can do both. Instead of the orders offering more flexibility, they offer less. Not fan-friendly. Hopefully the plethora of unsold mini-packs and single-game tickets at this point sends a message that the team needs to value the fans more, not less. Yeah, and, and it's certainly a major topic. It's a top, big topic throughout North American sports and concert industry. But uh, the one thing that's been proven is removing paper as an option, whether that's a printed ticket uh, or a PDF that you can print off uh, your uh, digital ticket. That's where all the fraud in the industry is. Uh, and, you know, being by the box office when you see someone coming in with their young daughter or son that have got a fraudulent ticket and there's nothing we can do at that point and turning them away because they bought it legitimately, they believe, online or uh, on the street. Uh, and so we moved, uh, when Rogers Place opened, we've had all concerts have been fully digital and pretty much eliminated fraud for concerts. Uh, and we've certainly been one of the four or five leading clubs in the NHL on embracing the what mobile ticketing can do. Uh, and that has really allowed us cut down. So this is kind of the last step this year as we're removing the last of the PDFs from it and the last of the printed tickets. Um, but I will say, you know, people who have, our fans who have uh, experienced it over the last two or three years, once they're into the system, it's, uh, it, it, covers any potential problem for lost tickets. Uh, there's no stolen tickets. There's no issues at the door. Everything's trackable. And even to the point that if I if I have my ticket and I choose to forward it to you and you forward it to someone else, because we've got that trail within the system, if something happens and there's a road closure and we want to send that out, we can get that to the person who does have the ticket. So there's, there's a lot of value, but primarily it's about eliminating fraud in the industry, which was Pretty, still pretty prevalent out there on people trying to make money off fraudulent tickets. So, in other words, it's the, this is the the direction it's going, and it's not going back. Yeah, I, I would think you know until the next thing, and the next thing may be a different side. You know, sooner or later we'll be going with you know the our, our fingerprint will get in there's there's arenas now testing uh, retina scanning as your entry into the facility. Really? Yeah. And um, and so those those pieces come, and it's all about how do you eliminate fraud um, and how and make the guest experience as pleasant as possible. But the last five years have been pretty big transition for everybody, going from what we've all lived with our entire lives, which is a paper ticket, to right. this new world that's still still changing and will probably will continue to evolve. But trying to make it to the point where it protects the fan, uh, but it also makes access to the facility as easy as possible. I want to get to a couple more texts that have come in for Stu McDonald, uh, who is uh, the Oilers' chief commercial. Officer Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Stu basically oversees the business side. We'll hit on some improvements on Rogers Place. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.